When damning evidence emerged in October that members of Joe Biden's family appeared to have engaged in brazen acts of influence peddling to several foreign governments, including China, the liberal mainstream media launched a shameful campaign of suppression. They called it a lie and Russian disinformation. In fact, it was the Biden-loving media that was guilty of disinformation. Anyone who dared to report the truth or the evidence was mocked, ridiculed, and demeaned. Journalists who once cared about the truth abdicated their core function of reporting the news. The media's conduct was unethical, dishonest, and disgraceful. They did it without conscience to help Joe Biden defeat Donald Trump in the November election. Only after the election did additional evidence emerge proving that the original reports were true. Now that the media's acts of malfeasance have been exposed, there's no expression of regret or remorse. The media simply pretends that it never happened. No one should ever believe them again. They have sown the seeds of their own demise. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Hello, everyone. I'm Greg Jarrett, and welcome to The Brief. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. I met Mike Lindell. He fit me for my very own my pillow, and I haven't stopped raving about it since then. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a my pillow or know somebody who doesn't, now is the time because there's a limited time that Mike is offering his premium my pillows. Yes, the one that started it all for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow regularly $69.98 for only $29.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they're the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium my pillow. Buy now and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to mypillow.com and click on the Radio Listener's Square. There you'll find not only this amazing offer but also deep discounts on all of the my pillow products including the Giza Dream Bed Sheets the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-605-8765 and use promo code GREG, G-R-E-G-G. There's no evidence to support the claims about Joe Biden's son. Hunter Biden is under an ongoing investigation for his taxes related to his business dealings in China. There's no evidence that Hunter Biden did anything illegal. CNN and others are reporting that Hunter Biden is now the president-elect's son. 
is under investigation. Hunter Biden, there's no evidence that he's done anything wrong. The Justice Department investigating Hunter Biden. He says it's for taxes. While we all know that Hunter Biden, there's no evidence of any wrongdoing with him. New details on the federal investigation of President-elect Biden's son, Hunter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Before the presidential election, the mainstream media refused to report on the compelling evidence that the Biden family appeared to have for years been selling access to Joe Biden to foreign countries, leveraging his position of power for financial gain. They denied that Hunter Biden's laptop seized by the FBI was real or that the incriminating email evidence contained therein was genuine. The media ignored information that Hunter Biden was almost certainly under criminal investigation, even when a key witness, Tony Bobolinsky, came forward to expose what looked like corruption that may involve Joe Biden and his brother, the media imposed a virtual blackout. They assured us that the story and all of the evidence was fake. The other night on Fox News, I called it the worst act of a media cover-up in my lifetime. Let's talk about it now with Peter Schweitzer, author of several New York Times bestselling books about government corruption. His recent book, Profiles in Corruption, recounts how Joe Biden's family made millions of dollars in foreign money from illicit, if not illegal, schemes. I highly recommend everybody read the book. You'll be shocked at the shameless profiteering that Peter Schweitzer uncovered and documented. For example, in Chapter 3, he writes, Hunter Biden launched businesses fused to his father's power that led him to lucrative deals with a rogues gallery of governments and oligarchs around the world. Did Joe Biden know this? Was he involved? Well, increasingly, the evidence points to yes, putting a lie to Joe Biden's numerous denials. Peter, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Great to be with you, Greg. Thanks for having me. In your judgment, has the media been dishonest? And does the recently disclosed evidence that Hunter Biden is indeed under criminal investigation prove it? Yeah, I think it does. I don't think they've only been negligent. Um, I think they've been complicit in covering it up. Um, I've never quite seen anything like it. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this, Greg. Uh, if you look back at, at 1984, when Gary Hart was running for president of the United States, and there were all these rumors about, you know, infidelity, and he flat out went to the media and said, there's nothing there. What did the media do? Did they roll over and accept it? They said, no, we're going to actually confirm it and see if this is true or not. They did, and of course, found out that he was lying. Uh, this is obviously far, far, far more important than marital infidelity by Gary Hart. Uh, but what did they do in this case? I mean, when these deals involving a Burisma in Ukraine, the deals with the Chinese first emerged, deals that by any measure he had no reason to be getting. He didn't bring anything to the table. He had no skill set. He wasn't bringing any capital. Um, what did they do in that case? Did they pursue it? Did they take up the challenge? No, they accepted what the Biden family and what the Biden family lawyer told them, which was there's nothing here to see. In fact, the Washington Post did a fact check on the Biden relationship with the Chinese. And their source for the fact check was the Biden family lawyer, uh, which of course it was real later on had been lying to them about aspects of the deal. So yeah, the media in this case, not only was negligent, they were complicit, 
they covered it up. And I think they covered it up, Greg, because they knew how powerful this story would be and how it might influence people in the November election. And let me give some examples of that cover up, as you described it. On CNN, Jake Tapper uh, said that the Biden corruption story was just too disgusting for him to report, so he didn't. NPR said, quote, we do not want to waste our time on stories that are not real stories, end of quote. NBC News called it fake and a conspiracy. Those are quotes. The New York Times and the Washington Post wrote not a word except to call it all Russian disinformation. Twitter and Facebook, of course, censored the New York Post articles that broke open the new evidence about the laptop. So, Peter, none of this was incompetence. This was willful. It was deliberate. In your judgment, isn't it true that the media made a conscious decision? We're going to protect Joe Biden from any negative stories to help him beat the man that the media collectively despised, Donald Trump. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, look, what was the, the, the motto that crusading journalists had? We're going to speak truth to power. Well, what they clearly shown is they're going to speak some truth about some people in power. Uh, other people in power, uh, they're going to cover up. By no stretch of any imagination is this not a legitimate story. The, the media did a lot of reporting on Donald Trump uh, and hotel deals that he had overseas. Some of that reporting was good. Some of it was, was awful and inaccurate. But the point is, that's a legitimate story to pursue. Um, if it's legitimate to pursue a story about a businessman who has a hotel and real estate empire doing foreign deals, is it not legitimate to pursue a story looking at overseas deals involving a political family that actually has no underlying business. Of course it is. Um, and that to me is, is the indefensible. I say you cover all political candidates, but you can't even equate the deals that Donald Trump had overseas with those of Joe Biden because the Trump family had a legitimate business that they built up far before uh, Donald Trump even announced he was running for office uh, the same way that Michael Bloomberg does. I mean, there, there are legitimate underlying businesses there. What the Bidens have is nothing. What is Hunter Biden selling? Does he have a good or a service he's selling? No. He doesn't have a real estate. He doesn't have a hotel. He doesn't have business information like Michael Bloomberg. He's selling access to his father. And if that is not a story, then there should be no follow the money stories done by anybody in journalism. Because how many times have they done stories, Greg, about you know money from big tech, from big oil, from big pharma, from Wall Street flowing into elected officials? And those are all legitimate stories. If that's a legitimate story, a foreign government paying a politician's family money for a skill set that they don't have is certainly a story, uh, and they know it. Yeah. I mean, Hunter Biden is manifestly unqualified to be doing the things <laughs> he was doing and making millions from it. So it's a no-brainer. And, and, you know, Peter, astonishingly, neither Joe Biden nor Hunter Biden ever disputed the authenticity of the yeah. laptop that was seized by the FBI, nor the emails contained. So in a way, I mean, the contents were presumptively true. And yet, even post-election, what amazes me is that nobody has asked Joe Biden, um, did you meet 
with Tony Bobolinsky at the Beverly Hills Hilton to discuss Chinese business deals in 2017. It, it's an incredibly simple question. It demands an answer. Yet here's what's happening. Biden is limiting the media's access to him. At the precious few news conferences, reporters are pre-screened and chosen in advance, not by him, but by his aide. So isn't this all carefully choreographed to avoid any serious questions? Oh, absolutely it is. There's no question about it. And uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot to pay on, on the back end. Um, because, look, you're exactly right. They have not disputed the accuracy of these emails on the laptop. And I can tell you uh, that we um, had access uh, to some of those emails from to Tony Bobolinsky before the New York Post ever even ran them, before I was even aware of what was on the laptop. So you had independent verification there. We were also given access to the email account, the Gmail account of a Hunter Biden business partner named Bevan Cooney. He literally said, here's the username, here's the password. There are emails that appear on that laptop that also appeared in the collection that we got from Bevan Cooney. So there are all kinds of ways to independently verify this. And the fact that they have not disputed them is clear evidence um, that this is a legitimate story. Um, and the argument that, that some have made that, well, you know, this is hacked information, uh, you know, it was somehow, uh, you know, got, you know, illicitly or in a way that, that you know, that's not ethical. I mean, I remember when the New York Times ran stories uh, from uh, Donald Trump's tax returns. Right. Um, which were certainly not obtained in a legitimate way. I happen to believe that, look, you know, they're journalists. They should run stories. That's what they should do. How accurate the reporting was is another question. But it's certainly legitimate if you're a journalist. But, again, it's selective. So tax returns that are illicitly or, or unethically obtained on Donald Trump, we're going to run with a story. Emails that are obtained, you know, some way that, that uh, uh, we don't like on, on Joe Biden, those stories we're not going to run with. Um, this is, I think, the reason that the mainstream media has an approval rating that is actually lower than the U.S. Congress, according to some opinion polls. And that takes some doing, Greg, because Congress is one of the least liked institutions in America, and journalists have, have essentially placed themselves below it. And this is part of it. They want fair coverage. They recognize that you might, you know, criticize or go after uh, their candidate. That's fine. But they expect you to do it to everybody. And the media is clearly not doing that anymore. You know, I, I was looking over the Media Research Center's recent poll after the election. Astonishingly, um, one third of all Biden voters were unaware of the Hunter yeah. Biden story. So, you know, you, you could make a pretty solid argument that their suppression of the story um, succeeded to some extent. But the main question I have for you is, did that suppression arguably alter the election result? Could could. Knowing the story made a, a difference in key swing states uh, where, you know, the ballot counting was so close. Well, I think the, the, the same work done by Media Research Center uh, and Rasmussen uh, indicates that, that a sizable portion of, of uh, Biden voters uh, said that if they had known the material, they would not have voted for it. 
Um, so, you know, if that's enough to swing the election, of course, there's all these issues of, of you know, ballots and irregularities. It's hard to tell. But look, I, I still subscribe to the belief that if somebody's trying to cover something up, they're covering something up because it's significant and people are going to care about it. People generally don't cover things up that nobody's going to care about. Uh, and the fact that the media works so vigorously uh, uh, in, in fact, you know, Ben Smith in the New York Times, Greg, even ran a story bragging about the fact, uh, you know, on the front page, talking about the gatekeepers in the media uh, killed this story off and how proud they were of it. You don't crow about killing something off uh, unless you know that it has significant import. And I think that it did. It went to the heart of you know Joe Biden's campaign, which was he was going to clean up American politics. He represents a a, a, a return to you know a more um, uh, uh, you know traditional form of government that we can trust. Uh, and what this demonstrated is that his family uh, was being enriched through public service, uh, and that frankly, people that were paying his family were getting favorable treatment. That's a powerful story, and that's why the media killed it. You know, it wasn't just the media, though, Peter, that was uh, burying the truth. Others were doing it. House Judiciary Chairman Adam Schiff announced, and here's a quote, we know this is uh, a whole smear on Joe Biden coming from the Kremlin. He had no evidence of that, Peter. He was, you know, frankly, he was doing what he does best, which is lying. And outrageously, uh, some 50 former intelligence officials, including five former CIA directors or acting directors, penned this ludicrous letter insisting that the whole thing was Russian disinformation. They had no idea, but that didn't stop them from guessing or speculating to drive this false counter narrative to help Joe Biden. Uh, does this demonstrate that intelligence officials are increasingly political partisans? They have no qualms about lying or speculating to help a candidate they like. Uh, yeah, I think it does. Um, and look, we have to recognize intelligence officials uh, are sometimes in a position where they um, are going to uh, uh, lie and be deceptive. It's part of their trade craft. But allegedly, they were supposed to not do that when it came to American political elections. That was something that was supposed to be you know, overseas. Uh, but the fact of the matter, they've done so. And, you know, here's the thing, Greg, again, um, you look at these 50 officials, including former CIA directors, former assistant CIA directors, um, who flat out uh, lied. They came out and said this was Russian disinformation. Um, when they had no evidence. And we now know, in fact, that the Department of Justice, a grand jury, and the IRS have a difference of opinion. So unless they're alleging that those entities are somehow, you know, under Putin's sway, uh, we know that it's wrong. But, you know, here's the question. Are those CIA officials going to, uh, you know, have their careers damaged by doing this? No. They're going to keep going on CNN. They're going to keep going on MSNBC, even though they made a bold statement that was categorically false, that was an error, uh, and they've never apologized for it. Um, right. And that's part of the problem. Uh, individuals that engage in this kind of behavior with misinformation, disinformation, and lying never seem to face professional consequences in their career for it. Um, how you can trust a... Ex CIA director as a quote unquote 
analyst to analyze things accurately that issued a statement like this um, is is beyond me. Um, and, and yet here we are. Yeah. And, and it's, by the way, the second time they have done it in a major way. For example, John Brennan, former CIA director, the DNI, uh, formerly James Clapper, you know, both said there was clear evidence of a uh, criminal collusion conspiracy between Trump and Russia. And of course, that turned out to be completely untrue. Now they, they're doing it. They've done it again with the Hunter Biden thing saying, oh, it's all Russian disinformation. Of course, now we know it is not. And it, it seems to elevate their careers instead of ending it, which which is, you know, crazy in in the media world. I want to ask you about this. I find it absolutely laughable that Hunter Biden issued a statement recently saying that he just now learned about the criminal probe. <laughs> I mean, that's not true. The criminal investigation began in 2018. The subpoena for his laptop was issued in 2019. Um, those kinds of subpoenas are issued by a grand jury. Grand juries investigate crimes. And and Hunter Biden is also claiming, oh, gee, it's only about my tax affairs. We'll clean it up. No big deal. I would remind him you can go to prison for tax evasion, being a deliberate tax cheat. And second of all, Peter, isn't it quite likely the feds are also investigating other things such as money laundering, securities fraud and other suspected crimes? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, now, I'll, I'll preface what I'm about to say with um, I always defer to you on legal issues. <laughs> but but my understanding is, Greg, uh, from prosecutors, is that if you're looking at an instance like this where there are a wide array of pos possible criminal uh, criminal conduct, um, that um, taxes are a great place to start because the United States has a lot of tax treaties with other countries. Uh, we're sharing financial information involving tax crimes because, let's face it, every government wants to collect as much money legitimately as it can. So by starting with uh, the tax issue, uh, this is kind of the camel under the, the, the nose of the tent, which allows them access to foreign financial records, foreign bank accounts. Um, are there any taxes being paid overseas? Uh, any other um, situations like that? I agree with you. I think this goes beyond taxes. I think taxes are a good place to start. Uh, but we know for a fact that you know, there were these Treasury Department suspicious activity reports involving these transactions concerns about money laundering. There's the whole issue of, uh, you know, political corruption uh, involving his family. Um, so the list goes on and on. And I think what they're trying to do here is narrow the scope or pretend this is just, oh, I, I forgot to turn in something on my tax return. I think it's far more than that. I don't think a grand jury that's been working two years uh, is going to be um, focused primarily on, you know, failing, failing to pay a few taxes. Uh, I think this is far deeper. My main concern, Greg, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, is my main concern is, you know, does this not cry out for some kind of independent counsel? Because my fear is this U.S. attorney in Delaware who is leading this case 
can be fired by an incoming Biden administration. Um, and that's what my concern is, is where does the investigation go from here? Yeah, I mean, uh, and I'll I'll give you my opinion. You've got an incoming president whose own son will be investigated by the new president's attorney general in his department, which includes 93 U.S. attorneys. And the president gets to pick uh, the new 93 U.S. attorneys, because you're correct. I mean, shortly after, if not immediately after uh, inauguration, those U.S. attorneys depart. They're, they're fired and they're replaced with others. So, uh, for example, the U.S. attorney in Delaware conducting a Hunter Biden uh, investigation um, is is going to be gone soon. So, you you know, given that scenario, um, there is written in the federal regulations that when there is a conflict of interest like this, you must appoint a special counsel. It doesn't say may, it says must. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, to me, there has to be a special counsel. I find it disappointing that Attorney General Barr hasn't named one yet. Um, maybe his replacement uh, in the interim, the acting attorney general, will do so. Frankly, Joe Bi- it's incumbent upon Joe Biden, once inaugurated, to appoint a special counsel because that's the, the date point in, in which a conflict of interest uh, arises. Um, the Justice Department, Peter, kept the whole Biden criminal investigation under wraps for too long years. Um, you know, it's one thing not to say anything 90 days before an election, but but for two years, juxtapose that with the different treatment of Donald Trump and the Trump-Russia collusion investigation, an egregious double standard in a way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and look, I agree with you. It would not have been appropriate two weeks before the election to announce But the fact is you've had this grand jury convened. Uh, They've been collecting this information. They got the laptop in 2019. There have been all these allegations swirling around. And the fact that nobody uh, decides to um, discuss that um, is particularly troubling. But I'll take it even a step further, Greg. Um, You know, look, the media has all kinds of sources in the Department of Justice, at least they claim to. Uh, over the last four years, they've been leaked every sort of information conceivable about any sort of investigation involving Donald Trump or the Trump administration. So you cannot tell me that there weren't reporters who didn't know uh, that this investigation was going on and they chose not to report on it. You know, one of those anonymously sourced stories that says, you know, we've just learned that a grand jury is looking into Hunter Biden. Um, You know, that sort of thing happens all the time. It speaks to the fact that there are people in the Department of Justice who are selectively leaking only against Donald Trump and not against Joe Biden. And it again speaks to the selective nature of the media uh, that they are choosing not to demonstrate any curiosity about this kind of query uh, when they are very enthusiastic about uh, any conceivable investigation involving Donald Trump. My last question for you, uh, Peter, is, you know, one of the laptop emails suggests that Joe Biden um, may have been designated to receive Chinese cash uh, in line to receive uh, Chinese cash. 
And of course, the recent story that, you know, Joe Biden was supposed to get keys to the office uh, that he would share with his son and his son's Chinese partner. But the being in line for considerable Chinese cash, what was it, 10 million or something? I mean, it it is something that Tony Bobolinsky, a key witness, then confirmed in an interview with Tucker Carlson on Fox News. So doesn't that now present a serious national security concern with Joe Biden as president? How can he as president negotiate or make demands of the Chinese if they arguably have compromising information on Joe Biden? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a hugely legitimate question. Um, I actually saw uh, that email where they talk about the 10% for the big guy in the CEFC deal. I saw that um, at the end of September when I met with Tony Bobolinsky before the New York Post had it. And I knew the import of it, uh, you know, immediately, instantaneously. Um, And, you know, you have the other added issue here, Greg, that um, in the Hunter Biden laptop, there are messages where Hunter Biden is complaining to his daughter in communications about the fact that he is paying so many expenses for members of the family, including, including his father and his mother. So you have the issue of him, you know, being juiced into a CEFC deal. You also have the fact that Hunter Biden is collecting this foreign money uh, and then he is paying the expenses for his parents. Uh, to me, and I would imagine the eyes of the law, if you're talking about bribery, whether it's a direct payment or whether you're you know, laundering it through somebody's son and that son is giving the financial benefit to the principal anyway, I think in either case, you're dealing with the same uh, legal challenge and, and, and problem and issues. So this is not just a Hunter Biden story. Uh, this is a Biden family story, and it is a Joe Biden story. And you cannot separate and carve out Hunter and pretend that he is something separate uh, and that Joe Biden is not involved. Uh, Joe Biden is involved, uh, and that part of the story, I think, is going to continue to develop. And you were way ahead of the curve, ahead of anybody else. You put it in your book, Profiles in Corruption, before most journalists paid any attention to it. I would invite our listeners to uh, to pick up a copy of Profiles in Corruption, Abuse of Power by America's Progressive Elites. Pay attention to Chapter 3 on the Biden family and how they made millions uh, by profiteering, uh, selling access to Joe Biden. Peter Schweitzer, thanks very much for being with us. As always, appreciate your insights. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Greg. And that's The Brief. Thanks for listening. I'm Greg Jarrett.